The class is a memory of Jared Orchen, as we say every week. And today we're going to learn Parshat Chukat. We will open on page 995. We'll start to read and then we'll get into it, as you do usually. <laughs> 995. Go for it. The entire next generation of the congregation of the children of Israel arrived at the desert of Sin in the first month, and the people settled in, in Kadesh? Yeah, that was 40 years. By the end of the 40 years of the Jewish people being in the desert, they all arrived to the place it's called the desert of Sin. The first month, obviously, it means the month of Nisan. They arrived there, and what happened there? Miriam died there and was buried there. Miriam, Moses' sister, one of the three leaders that the Jewish people had in the desert. The Jewish people had three leaders. They had Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And the Talmud says that because of Moses, they got manna, because of his merit, God gave them manna. Because of Aaron, they got the the clouds of glory who protected them on the road. And because of Miriam, they got the water. Who was Wherever they went, somehow it was a well of water. Now, that was it. Miriam died. Look what happened. The congregation had no water, so they... The congregation had no water. The water dried out. Somehow Miriam died. No water. What the Jews do? So they ganged up against Moshe and Aaron, and the people quarreled with Moshe. They said, spoke up saying, if only we had died in the plague before God with the same death as our brothers, rather than through thirst. Oh, I wish we would die before. Complaining. You know, Jewish people don't complain because it's bad. If they if it if they don't complain if they if it's it's bad for them if they don't complain, they feel bad if they cannot complain. They actually enjoy complaining. That's a part of being Jewish. Is <laughs> complaining. It started all the way in the beginning in the desert. Oh, we wish we would die in the desert before that. Go ahead. Why we why have you brought God's congregation to this desert so that we should die here, both us and our animals? Why have you taken us out of Egypt to bring us to this terrible place? Four years later, why have you taken us out from Egypt? It's like that nothing happened. The same line. They said this line a minute after they left Egypt by the sea. They told Moses we would rather go back to Egypt, right? And here they're offering the same idea 40 years later. Nothing changed. Go ahead. It's not a place fit for agriculture, for fig trees, grapevines, or pomegranate trees. And there's no water to drink. They're like, sarcastically, Moses promised them a land filled with milk and honey and of the seven species, right? The land of Israel is blessed with, with uh, what are the seven? With uh, wheat and, and, and figs and all of this. And they said, this is not the land of figs that you promised us. They're not there. I thought they were going to Florida. They're not <laughs> in the land yet, are they? <laughs> That's what they wanted to tell them. We are nowhere. Continue. Moshe and Aaron went away from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they fell on their faces. They felt them. They felt oh yo yo again, four years later, and the Jewish people are doing the same shtick, the same story again. That'll be terrible. 
Then the, glory, then the glory of God appeared to them. God spoke to Moshe, saying, Take the staff, and together with your brother Aaron, you should assemble the congregation. In their presence, speak to the rock that was within Miriam's well, the one that always produced water, and it will produce water. You will produce water uh, for them from the rock and allow the congregation and their animals to drink. Okay, God tells them, why are you getting so upset, guys? Why are you falling on your face? Gather the congregation, take your staff. What do you need, the staff? And what Hashem tells them? Speak to the speak. rock. So why he tells him to take his staff? What do you need, the staff? If he speaks to the rock. Yeah. The okay. you take your staff, you're going to hit the rock, right? Obviously, that's, <laughs> that's where the, the mistake was. He told them, speak to the rock, and the rock is going to give water. Okay. Continue, Mark. <coughs> Moshe. Moshe raised his hand. No, no. Oh, Number nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Moshe took the staff before God as he had commanded him. Moshe and Aaron assembled the congregation in front of the rock, but they could not figure out which rock to speak to. That's Rashi. Okay, in front of the rock, so he said to them... He said to them, listen you rebels, could we draw water for you from this rock? Uh-huh. Moshe Rabbeinu got a little upset with the Jews. A little bit, you know. They got on his nerves. He said, listen rebels, can we take out water from the rock? But Moses didn't believe he can be taking out water from the rock. A man who split the sea, he cannot get out of what he had. He didn't, obviously did not have a, it wasn't an issue that he did not have enough faith that he can take out water from the rock. But that's what happened, right? Which is worse, him calling them rebels or him later striking the rock rather than speaking to the rock? Really, calling them rebels is not a good thing. Because a leader to the Jewish people, no matter what, has to suffer from them and cannot give up on them. As much as we need to have faith in God, we need to have faith in the Jews. That was the greatness of the Rebbe. And here Moses, for a moment, told them, listen rebels, rebels. That wasn't a good thing. According to some commentaries, that's why he didn't lose, as we're going to go further into it, that's why he lost the right to go into the land of Israel. It wasn't he lost the right to go in there. He lost the right to continue to be the leader. That was the end of it. Like, there's a famous story about yeah, Elijah. Elijah complained about the Jewish people. We learned about it a few times. And it said, the Jewish people have forsaken the covenant, the priests. And God told them, you're complaining about the Jewish people? Find another leader. Find another prophet. He will replace you. You're finished. God does need a leader who cannot defend the Jewish people. That's the job of the leader. Always, always to be on the side of the Jewish people. And there is a lot to be said about it. But let's continue. Moshe. 11. Moshe and Aaron spoke to the rock, but it did not produce any water since it was the wrong rock. Remembering that he had produced water from a rock in Rephidim by hitting it, Moshe raised his That's hand. All of this is Rashi, in parentheses. Now start the text. Moshe raised his hand. And hit the rock with his staff and mm -hmm. the stone. He hit the correct rock, but only a small amount of water came out since God had not told him to hit it, but to speak to it. But when he hit it a second time, a lot of water came out. 
and the congregation drank along with the animals. What's written in the text is Moshe Iderak. Rashi says he spoke to Anak, then he went to Doderak. In the text it's written, God of the Jewish people, God upset with the Jews, Hiderak, and water came out. That's the story, right? Now we'll see what Hashem says about it. Um, you want to continue? Uh, God said to Moshe, number 12. And Aaron, since you did not believe in me to sanctify me in the presence of the children of Israel, for you hit the rock and did not speak to it, therefore you will not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Whoa, that was a harsh punishment. Because you did not speak to the rock, because you did not sanctify my name in front of the people of Israel, Therefore, you will not enter the land of Israel. This great Moshe Rabbeinu, who did so many things for the Jewish people, four years he suffered from them. So he didn't speak to them. He got water, right? That's the bottom line. They needed water, he got water. So he didn't speak to them. But, you know, the question is, how is he supposed to know which rock to speak to? Forget about which one. God told them to speak. In the text, it's not written that he spoke to any rocks, right? God told them to speak to the rock. Oh, okay. That's Rashi says he spoke to this rock and he made a mistake. The text says he spoke, God told him to speak to the rock, he hit the rock. Why he did it? Why he was thinking that eating the rock is the right thing? Because four years before that, yes, four years before that, um, Pasha's Beshalach, they also complained, the Jewish people are professionals, they complained on page 453. Moses, the Jewish people came out, just came out from Egypt, and they did not have water, 453, and they complained to God, to Moses that they don't have water, and what happened? You can read the number three. Go ahead. The people thirsted there for water. The people complained to Moshe and said, why have you brought us up from Egypt to make me and my children and my livestock die of thirst? Sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> Go ahead. Moshe cried out to God, saying, What shall I do for these, this people? If I wait a bit longer, they will stone me. They will stone me! What God told them. God said to Moshe, Pass before the people, and you will see that your words were unfounded, as they will not stone you. Bring with you some of the elders of Israel as witnesses, and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand before you there on the rock of Chorev. You shall strike the rock and split it, and water will come out of it, and the people will drink. Okay, that's what happened. He struck the rock. It's interesting because he refers to him as those people, like a separation, just like the rebels. It's almost a more veiled... Because they're, they're the complainers, so to speak. Right, yes. Then here, the four years before, God told them, take the staff and eat the rock. Beautiful. Then here, he told us to do the same thing. But God told them to speak to God. That because it didn't... What's the sanctification of God's name? What would be if he would speak to the rock more sanctifying God's name than, speaking to, than, than eating the rock? What is the sanctification here? What God wanted to show the Jewish people? And Rashi says, if you would speak to the rock, the Jewish people will learn a lesson. If a rock listens to me, 
how much more human being have to listen. Beautiful, right? That's why God was upset. And therefore, you guys will not bring the people to the land of Israel. You just do in one page folder. Aaron's passing and Elazar's appointment. I do after the story Aaron passed away. That's the next story. <laughs> Let's read it, top of the page. I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead. They travel. Okay. On 455? Uh, 999. Oh, 999. I'm sorry. 999. I'm going to confuse you today with a few places. Then. Start. Um, Be ready. Go ahead. They traveled from Kadesh and mm -hmm. <coughs> the entire next generation of the congregation of the children of Israel arrived at the double mountain. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron at the double mountain at the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron will now <coughs> be gathered to his people. He will not come to the Lord, which I have... To the uh, land? I'm sorry, to the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you defied my word at the water of strife. strife. And because you didn't eat, you saw you eat the rock, Aaron is going to die. Every time when it's written, why did they, they died? It's written why? That they died because of the story of the rock. There is another place, the same thing in, 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 in Chumash Bamidbo, uh, in Pasha Spinchot, not, not much further continuing. You said Parsha Bamidbo? Chumash Bamidbo, I said. Chumash. Where is it? Yeah, page 1059. Yoshua is appointed as Moshe's successor. Paul, you want to read 10, 1059? Oh, okay. Go ahead. God said to Moshe, Ascend here above the Avarite mountains and look at the land which I have given to the children of Israel. When you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, just as Aaron, your brother, was gathered, because you disobeyed my command in the desert of sin during the communal uh -huh. dispute. Again, Moses, Hashem points out here, Moses is going to die because he disobeyed the commandment of eating the rock, of speaking to the rock, eating to the rock. If this is not enough, there is one more place. By the end of Pasha Sazinu, on page 1353. 1353. That is facing Jericho, and see the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel as a possession. Then die on the mountain upon which you are climbing, and be gathered to your people, just as your brother is there. Continue. Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the right place. Right. Continue. Aaron died. 
on the double mountain that was and was gathered to his people, for in the presence of the children of Israel, which caused many people to betray me at the waters of Mirabas Kadesh in the desert of Zin. For you for did you not allow my name to be sanctified in the presence of the children of the Israel. Same story. The four times. <laughs> Enough? Four times? One, two, three, four. Yes, yeah, four times. It's not more. Because they need the rock. Now, it's not fair, you know? Because yeah. one little thing to do, to, do, to, do, to do this thing to them. And besides, you can see Moses in the rock. He did it. Why should Aaron be punished? Aaron was just a bystander. He didn't do anything. Okay, Aaron had to stop him. But you know, why the whole story of the rock, of the problem with the water, water happened? Why the water disappeared? Because Miriam died. Miriam died. Why Miriam died? She had no connection with the story of the water. What's your punishment? Why Miriam died? Four years, the, the, the people of, we are now learning in this parsha about the Meraglim. Last week, we're going to learn this chapter, read about the spies. Went to the land of Israel, they came back, they complained. God said, okay, anybody who complains should stay here. Moses didn't complain, Aaron didn't complain, Miriam didn't complain. Why, why, why Miriam died? You can say Moses died because he hit the rock. Aaron died because he hit the rock. But Miriam? Miriam did nothing. It was before the story of the rock. Obviously, it must be more than that. Some people, some, Rashi says that the reason why, from the Talmud, the reason why uh, Moses hit the rock because he got angry. Novi Rashi says it. Rashi says it in a different place. In, I'll, I'll, I'll dive the case a little bit more with the, turning the pages. But it's okay, it's, it's good exercise. Your fingers. That's, that's as far as exercise as I do. <laughs> um, yeah, page 1081. It's a story that, that Elazar, that was after Moses died, 1081. After, Moses, after Aaron died, Elazar gave an order to the Jewish people to immerse their vessels. That Rashi says, Rashi is asking a question on page 1081 in the classic question. Why did Elazar clarify the law of purging, purging, I say? Purging, purging, purging the vessels yeah. and not Moshe? You want to read? Since Moshe fell into the state of anger, he fell into a state of error. The laws purging the vessels belonging to the Gentiles were concealed from him. We find a similar incident occurred in the eighth day of inauguration. As the first states, he became angry with the Elazar and Ishmer. Mm -hmm. He fell into a state of anger, so he fell into a state of error, criticizing them for burning the sin offering. Likewise, that's the main most important thing, Oh, likewise, listen, when Moshe said, listen to rebels, he hit the rock through anger. anger. He came, he to, came, to, an, he came to ear. Aha, the, the problem is because he made a mistake, because he was angry, he made a mistake. Can anybody recall another time that Moses was angry? When he uh, came down from the Mount Sinai and broke the tablets. Yeah, and God liked it or didn't like it? He liked it. And let's see a little, should I confuse you a little bit more, Patrick? Sure, sure. Go ahead. 
just for the sake, for the enjoyment of turning pages. In the Pasha's Kirtisa, it's written clearly, Moses went down from Mount Sinai, on page, um, page 569. I not study before class. <laughs> exactly. All night I was working on it. 569, number 19. 569, number 19. When he drew closer to the camp and saw the calf and the dances, Moshe became angry. Moshe became angry! Go ahead. He threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. Aha. Uh -huh. Obviously, did he make a mistake? Doesn't look like it. Actually, <coughs> not only did he make a mistake, you know what the last Rashi of the old Torah is? The last Rashi of the old Torah speaks about it, of Moshe breaking, breaking the tablets. And the last page of the Bible, page 1367, I'm sorry for to traveling again, page 1367, you don't have to hold all the other places, I'll, I'll, I'll help you to find it. 1367, the, the text says, all the great thing that Moses did in front of the eyes of the Jewish people, the Rashi said, what did the classic question on page 1367, Mark? <clears throat> what did uh, Moshe perform before the eyes of all Israel? His art inspired them to smash the tablets before their eyes, as the verse states, I shall shatter them before your eyes. God gave his approval, saying, well done, that you broke them. You know the expression, Yashar Koch? Right? And sure people say Yashar Koch. Yeah. The first Yashar Koch was ordered by the Talmud, about Moses. The Talmud says God told, gave God a Yashakoch. God gave Moses a Yashakoch for breaking the tablets. What's the translation of Yashakoch? <laughs> well done. That's the meaning of it. Yashar, Aishar means like the writing to do Koch means strength. Good strength, like Chazak like Vehemat, like Chazak Baruch. Be strong and courageous, that's the idea of Yashakoch. It's a, a little bit Aramaic, a little Hebrew. Yashar comes from Aisher, Aisher Haley, the expression, if I would have the strength. Yashar Koch means you should have the strength. Basically, God told them, thank you for breaking the tablets. Obviously, that being angry by Moses is not like a regular guy. Get angry, forget. We must dig a little deeper. Why God, why, first two questions we have. Why God, why Moses broke the tablets? That's question number one. Question number two, why God didn't allow him to turn to Pharaoh? Do I or anything? Must be something more. That first of all, God says every time that most, okay, before that there is a prayer we say for rain, a prayer for rain. You know, we say every day, we, we say, Mashivo Ruach Morida Geshem, may God give us rain. Then we start the rain prayer from, Simcha, from Shmini Atzeret, from the end of Sukkot until Pesach. It's winter, and by the first day of Pesach, it's summer. Even it was snowing this year, in the book, it's summer. I don't care what's going on outside. Then introduce the rain prayer, and there is a special introducing introduction prayer that we pray to God, we mention all the forefathers who are connection with water. We say, God give us water in the merit of Abraham because he loved you and he was going after you like water. Give us water like Isaac, because of Isaac, because Isaac was ready to pour his blood in front of you like water. Jacob, then we come to Moses. 
And we say, give us rain, give us rain because of Moses. What is the good thing that Moses did? He hit the rock. <laughs> and I thought it's a problem. Didn't we learn four times that God was upset that they didn't sanctify God's name? He hit the rock. And suddenly, you know, when you come to pray to God, you want to, re- to mention the good things. You know, one of the customs by Jewish people, you know, on Yom Kippur, the high priest, when he entered the holy, usually used to wear clothing made out of gold. And Yom Kippur, when he entered the holy of holies, he only wore linen, nothing gold. Why? Because gold reminds us of the golden calf. You are going here to pray for forgiveness. Don't, don't, remind, them. don't remind them about the bad things. That's why some people have a custom. It's a custom. And you keep on not to wear gold. Just a custom. You're allowed. Don't worry about it. But that means that you don't remind that we are here asking for rain. You tell, oh God, give us rain because of what? Because Moses hit the rock. Then some people say maybe we refer to the first time that Moses hit the rock. Maybe that was the good part. But the language in the prayer, you know, in, in English, it's one translation. Rock, rock, rock. In Hebrew, the first time, it's called the second time it's called Sela. The same word for Rak, two, two names for the, for the same idea, Rak. Rak can be a Tzur, Tzur Israel, Rak could be a Tzur, a strong like a Rak, and Rak can be a Sela, two words for Rak. How do you say Sela like the... Samech Lamed Ayn. Not Lamed Ayn, not like Netzach Sela, no. No, no, not, not like Not Amen Sela, no. Not like the... What's it called? I know what you mean. When you do the um, ashray? Yeah, no, no, no. Not this sela. Sela like a is samech lamed ay. The other sela is samech lamed a. Which means? Like it means forever. Yeah. Here it means arak. <laughs> then when the prayer mentions that Moses eat arak, we don't say eat the tzur. We say eat the sela. Ala sela ach Obviously it refers to this story. If it refers to this story, how you, you think to a bad story? You say, God should give us rain because Moses disobeyed the will of God? Obviously, it's not so bad. Now, what is the good side? Why Moses had the motivation to eat the rock and not to speak the rock? He got angry. Give me a break. Moses got angry. Therefore, he's making me say, what is this? Is this a little child? God told him to speak to the rock. One of the explanations is... You know, in the book of Jonah, Iridium Kippur, the story of Jonah, God told Jonah, go to the city of Nineveh and deliver a message. Jonah didn't want to go. He ran away from God. He went to Jaffa, and he, and he, and he boarded a boat, and he told this guy, I'll pay you the captain, I'll pay you for the full amount. Just leave, run away. Because prophecy usually was on the prophets, only in the land of Israel. He says, I'll leave Israel. God to leave me alone. <laughs> Try to run away from God, that's not working, right? He discovered the hard way that you cannot run away from God. But why Jonah didn't want to deliver the message? Why not? God tells him to go, a prophet must deliver his prophecy. If he doesn't deliver the prophecy, he deserves death. Not only in this world, he's losing his connection with God for, the, for afterlife. This world and afterlife. Afterworld. And, and Jonah got to them, go to the city, deliver your message. What's your, what's your, what's your problem? That Rashi brings from Pirkei, the Rabbi Lazar, something amazing. That Mo, Jonah was a prophet. He delivered prophecies to the Jewish people too. 
and they never listened. Surprise, surprise, right? They didn't listen. Then he said, if I will go to the Goim, to the non-Jews, to the Gentiles, and I will deliver the message, and they will listen, then how is going, the Jewish people going to look like? They look bad. He didn't want to make the Jewish people look bad. Therefore, he said, I'd rather die and rather lose my connection with God than make the Jewish people look bad. Now, it's interesting. Converts in Judaism, we don't encourage converts. One of the explanations is because usually converts are more religious than the regular Jews. Right. That's for sure. Then what happens? They make the Jews look bad in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, it's not because it's a problem with them, but it's a problem for us. Then no, Jonah was ready to run over, to lose his relationship with God, just not to make the Jewish people look bad. One of the explanation of the motivation of Mo Moses, what God wanted, why he should speak the rock? God wanted he should teach the Jewish people a lesson. The rock is listening to me, how much more you have to listen to me. What was Moses afraid? That the rocks will listen and the Jewish people will anyway not listen. That's what he was afraid. So that means I will make the Jewish people look bad. That Moses made a calcul calculated decision. He rather dies. Whatever will be, will be. That make the Jewish people look bad. Doesn't, doesn't the text seem to have the other implication though? Because he's angry at them and calls them rebels. Calls them rebels, he's angry. But Moses is a little older than that. He's under 10 years old. He's a leader who runs the show for 40 years. He went through with them everything. Suddenly lost it. Must be there is some deeper motivation to do it. And that's one of the explanations that explains why Moses did it. Because Moses, and Moses already did such a thing in a, one time, and he got a Yashakor. Why Moses broke the tablets? Broke the contract so that God couldn't Because it was written on the tablet, on the contract, that God, that God that do not worship idols. And Moses was a good lawyer, you know, as long as he don't deliver the contract. There is no deal. But even God told them that at Mount Sinai, when you on Mount Sinai, God spoke in singular. I am your God, do not worship idols. It was like Moses could be considered that. Moses said to God, you had a conversation with me. They overheard the conversation. What do you want from them? You didn't speak. You should not, the congregation should not worship idols. The congregation, you spoke to an individual. You spoke to me, and you allowed them to listen in on the conversation. And what do you want from them? There is no anything in writing. You spoke to me, they over the conversation, what do you want from their life? That Moses, by breaking the tablet, saved the Jewish people. And he got it in the Yashakoach. Maybe he thought he'll get another Yashakoach. He didn't. That explains why Moses did it. But what is missing here, the second part. Yeah? What's missing here is the second part. Why Hashem? Punish them so harsh not to enter the land of Israel. For one thing, so he didn't speak to that. He delivered water. What do you want a man under the Antonio's soul? What do you want from his life? Oh, no, it's not fair. Every time I teach the class, people them, it's not fair. It's, it feels so bad for Moses, and they get all so emotional, and people cry. Oh, terrible. He was a leader. Same thing happened to Elijah later, though. I mean, the minute Elijah, you know, blames the Jewish people and says, hey, there are only 7,000 people and everybody else has fallen away, God says, no, no, no. Listen, Elijah, <laughs> Elijah was always a, a harsh prophet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
And Elijah was a great, great prophet. But Moses? Four years he suffered from the guys. But he gave up on the Jews here. He's calling them rebels. He called them rebels. He didn't give up on them. He called them rebels. Yeah, it wasn't, I would would not say it was a nice thing. Let's see what Moses approached. What Moses thinks why he didn't enter the land of Israel. What do you think why Moses thinks? God says because of the rock. Moses is a different look at the whole story. He has his own version. You know what Moses says? We'll turn a few more pages to the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy on page 1129. The book of Deuteronomy is a, rep- is a reputation, it's a, it repeats everything that happened in the desert, right? So by the end of the four years, Eli reviews the whole story. He says, let's go through everything what happened. And Moses adds, adds another perspective that we don't have in the story itself many times. Moses is adding details or changing a little bit on page 11, 29. 29. And he adds a few details. And actually, this week, I learned ahead today, but this week we are going to read the parasha of the spies. In the, in the book of Bamidbar, in the book of Numbers. And it's written there, God told Moses, send, to send yourself um, spies to the land of Israel. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses discloses the truth. You came and told me to send spies. And I asked God, and God told me, do whatever you want, basically. Then we, we get here another perspective. Then here it's, you see rebuke for the incidents of the spies. We will not go through the whole story. Turn the page. It says here that God told them that all the people, all the people will die in the desert beside two people. Who are the two people who are going to enter the land of Israel? It's in the old Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. and Caleb. Because on the 12 spies, 10 came and said bad news. And two said, no, we can do it. God says, the two will go in. But the old generation from the age of 20 to the age of 60 will all die in the desert. Only until the age of 60, right? Mm-hmm. People who were above 60 actually entered the land of Israel. How old was Moses at that time? Four years before? 80. 80, 80 81, 82, right? 81 and a half. He shouldn't be included, right? And look what he says on page 11, 33. <laughs> you want to read the top line on page 11, 33 is a, is a very important line. Because of you, God also became angry with me, saying, you will not come there to the land either. Oh! Moses said, because of you, God told me, you will not enter the land of Egypt. The land of Israel. Ah, it's not because of the rock. It's because the story of the spies. Four years before that, Moses already smelled he's not going to the land of Israel. How he smelled because God said, only Yeshua and Joshua and Caleb will enter the land. Only Joshua and Caleb, 10 times. When you hear this, you understand something. You will not, he said clearly, God said, and he quotes God, you will not come there either. That Moses' look of it is that he didn't enter the land because Hashem didn't, because of the story of the spies. Because he never spoke up and should have spoken up. And what he did wrong in the story of the spies? What do you want from him? What do you want from Moshe? Moshe is such a good guy. He sent the people. The people complained. He sent the spies. They came back. They messed up. What, what's Moshe's fault here? 
How could we blame him for such a thing? Because he's like the captain of the ship. He's uh, he's like he's the oh, leader. Okay. He's a com- oh. complete. But he's connection. not the generation. That's not his generation. Not his generation. <laughs> it's not his generation. He's eighty years old or something. And they go from twenty to sixty. And now you you hear you hear that he leader. died because he, he he this is he had to stay with his people. He had okay, to stay with okay, his okay. generation. You are jumping ahead. But <laughs> first of all. Moshe's perspective is that because of the spies. That why God is pointing out again and again and again because of the rat. Know why? It's written. Let's see if they have it, they have it written here. It's a Rashi. But I don't think it's here. Um, let's see. Let's see if, it's, if it brings it in English here. I don't think so, but. Yeah. Um, no, he doesn't bring it in. Rashi points out why why God every time when he mentions why Moses and didn't enter the land of Israel, he said, because they did Iraq. Rashi says something very interesting. You know, two people are in jail. Why be, one because he was he didn't stop in a stop sign, the other one because he beat up his wife. <coughs> And the guy of the stop sign picks, puts a big sign on his on his chest. I'm not a wise beater. I just did it. I'm here just because I didn't. Because the guy next to him is so bad, he's embarrassed to be with him. Rashi says God wanted to point out that Moses did not die in the desert because he sinned in the sin of the of the of the spies. Because the rest of the Jewish people didn't enter the land because they didn't want to enter the land, right? Because the spies came back and said it's a, bad, it's a bad place to go. And the old Jew said, yeah, 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 we don't want to go. And God says, you don't want to go, stay here. Because they rejected the land of Israel. That God wanted to make a point that nobody should ever think that Moses died in the desert because he rejected the land of Israel. That God, every time, whenever it's written, Moses and Aaron dead, it's always attached. Because they either are. Because they either are. Make sure. Don't even dream that it's because they rejected the land of Israel. But Moses blames it because of the spies. Obviously, there is a certain connection there. Comes the Medrash and says something amazing. Medrash said, God, so to speak, told Moses, you people die in the desert, and you want to enter the land of Israel. Now, before we explain it, we'll go one more point. Moses died in the desert. Fine, nice, showing. They don't want him to enter the land of Israel. But why not to take his bones into the land of Israel? To take his body, his remains? Didn't we do such a thing for somebody else? Joseph. Joseph and... Uh, Joseph. Joseph. And, ja- and Jacob, too. And ja- Jacob, was in the Jacob beginning. Buried, yeah. But Joseph, Joseph was buried in Egypt. He made, he made the Jewish people swear to him. In the end of the last two lines of the parasha of the book of Genesis, on page 341, the last two lines, number 25. Please read. Joseph made the children of Israel swear, saying, God will surely remember you. And you should then take my bones out of here. That Mo- Joseph made a swore, a swore to, made the Jewish people swear to him, the brothers. And then, 150 years later, so some, some, something like this, the Jewish people actually left Egypt. <coughs> and it's written in the text that the first thing that Moses did in the beginning of Pasha's Beshalach, where they left Egypt, on page 423, 
number 19. Moshe took Yosef's bones with him because he, Yosef, had made his brothers swear that they would make their children swear to do so, saying, God will surely remember you, and you shall bring up my bones from here with you. Okay, that most, Joseph's bones, they slept for four years in the desert, and they eventually brought it to the land of Israel, and they buried it in Shechem, Nablus. And they know where the burial place is. Joseph was, Moses was around the corner, just moved the border. Not fair. Okay, you don't want him to enter alive, but why not his bones? Then the Medrash gives one explanation because Moses was, uh, was not, when, 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 they, when the daughters of Jethro met him, they thought he's, a, he's an Egyptian. He, he was not proud of his Jewish identity, so to speak, of his Hebrew identity. But must be there is something more. Not to, enter, not to enter alive and not even to enter with the bones. Not even to enter dead. Now, so many Jews fish to be buried in Israel, and they fly their, their coffin to Israel. It's a tradition that goes on for, since Jacob, <coughs> 4,000 years. Stories about certain rabbis, not all rabbis, but many rabbis, many great people, and many people could afford it usually. Maimonides died in Egypt, is buried in Tiberias, in Israel. Many, many people like this, many, many, many. Is body preserved or something? How would they? No, you take you take it right after he dies. They take him to Israel. It takes a few days, whatever it takes, and you bring him to Israel. It's not such a complicated business. But two hundred years later. Oh, you talk about Joseph. Joseph. That's a whole different story. It's a, yeah, bodies of righteous people don't decay, but it's a whole different issue. In any case, if it's not not when he's alive, not when he's dead, obviously must be a reason. That's what he mentioned at the beginning. God told Moses, if a true leader doesn't leave his people, not when he's alive and not when he's afterlife. And you, for a true Jewish, you are a leader, you have to stay with your people. And that explains why Miriam died in the desert. She for sure didn't see anything. She for sure was not a part of the rock. Why she died in the desert? Because she was one of the three Jewish leaders who led the Jews out of Egypt. Somehow the Jews messed up and stayed in the desert. Uh Your people stay, you stay with them. You don't run away. A captain doesn't leave the ship. And that's why Moses, that's the real reason why Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. That's why when Moses links, he's not entering the land of Israel because of the spies. That's the connection. What is because of the spies? Because, this, because of the spies, because of you, I couldn't enter. Because God was angry with you, and I'm your leader, that I'm stuck with you. No such thing as running away. A true leader doesn't run away from his people. And that's, what, that's why all three of them, we don't even know where they're buried. God told them when the Jewish, when your generation will enter the land of Israel, you'll enter together with them. Now, you want to say that's not their generation? Absolutely their generation. The leader doesn't have to be the same age of his people. But he, Moses, is the leader of the generation he took out from Egypt. The generation he took out from Egypt died in the desert. You have to stay with your people. That's why Moses, Aaron, and Miriam stayed in the desert. And the reason why we don't know where they're buried is and they want to make a shrine to them? Or? That's a no, yeah, that's yeah. also because of the Moses. But the main thing is 
do we know what the rest of the of the of the Jews in the desert then buried? No, right? Obviously, it was all true. All true, exactly. Therefore, Moses. We know in general. We don't know exactly where, but we know that it, the the general place where he's buried is buried, and they know that two and a half tribes of the land of the Jewish people okay, stayed on the other side of the Jordan. He's buried, buried by the God. tribe of Dan. Reuven, God, God, the tribe of God, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tribe of God, is buried the tribe of God because they were people who were warriors. They, were, they risked their life to save the to break into the land of Israel. They were the first one on the, on, the, on the line, the front liners. And Moses wanted to be with the front liners. This explains something about the Rebbe and all the Chabad Rebbe's. All the Chabad Rebbe's are not buried in Israel. The Rebbe could afford to be buried in Israel, right? Not him, not his father-in-law, they're buried in New York City. In a time there was airplanes, he can go anywhere. No, no problem. The other Rebbe's of Chabad, they are buried in Russia, but not in one place. They're scattered. Everywhere. One is in Rostov, two are in the city Lubavitch, the original city where Chabad comes from. The first Chabad Rebbe is in a place that's called um, Nezhin, and uh, the another place, um, ah, no, no, whatever, I forgot the name of place. Why is it that the Rebbe once spoke about it? Why is it that they didn't, I said, the, 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 why is it that they, that they didn't care to be buried in Israel or in a specific place? That the Rebbe quoted this message. He said, because a true leader stays with his people. And if the people, wherever he was alive, the people were good enough for him when he was alive, he wanted to be there when, when, he, when he died too. More than that, what jo look the difference in Jacob and Joseph. Jacob was in Egypt, right? He called his kids before he died, and he says, I want you to bury, he should be buried right away. He didn't want to stay a minute in Egypt. And they took him right away to Israel. Joseph didn't say it. Joseph said, I will stay, he will stay with, with the Jewish people, and when they will be redeemed, then he will be redeemed. Why? Because Joseph wanted to be a source for comfort for the Jewish people. He says, if, I, if, I, if, I, if he's living, the Jewish people say, ah, Joseph went to Israel and he left us behind, and who knows what will happen to us. That because he wanted to be a source of comfort, if Joseph believed so much, that he's ready to stay, to be buried in Egypt because he was so sure that one day the Jewish people will be redeemed from Egypt. That gave the Jewish people a huge amount, a, a tremendous amount of comfort. That, look, one day we'll get out of here. But, when you, but, but that's why Joseph stayed. For the, if Joseph would be running away, they'd say, oh, Joseph knows we'll never come out of here. Therefore, he wanted to be buried in Israel. We'll never get out of here. All these cynics. Throughout the desert, they would say the same thing in Egypt. Because that's why Joseph stayed. For the same reason, the true tzaddikim, the true leaders of the Jewish people, never tried to run away from the Jewish people. No, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was caught. The Hasidim begged them to leave Poland in 1939. August of 9, September of 1939. When was the war? September 1st? Yeah. They begged them to leave. It was clear it's going to be a war. It was so clear he didn't have to. They begged them, begged them, begged them. No, it's not going to be a war. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be a war. It's not going to be a war. 
he wanted by staying, so to speak, to maybe uh, stop the war by staying. And then it was bombing, and he, was, he wasn't a healthy person. The previous rabbi was a paralyzed person. He had uh, multiple sclerosis. And he, he was in a wheelchair, basically. Can you imagine in Warsaw running from one shelter to the other, carrying the rabbi on a chair? It was a nightmare. There is a guy, Brian Rigg, he, he wrote a book about it, about this, the rescuing of, uh, from the, from, from, of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Uh, he's not Jewish even. He wrote a whole book about it. He's spoken here. Yeah, he was here. He spoke here once about it. Yeah, one Friday night. What I mean to say is why he chose to stay there. And they saved him <laughs> the, the last second. He actually left Europe with the last boat that left Europe to the to towards America before the Nazis closed everything and you couldn't go anymore. Then, what I mean to say is, why, why, why state? Because a true leader doesn't run away. And finally, it was bombing from all sides, he left. He was basically forced to leave. It was before in Russia also, the communist, was communism. You know, in Russia was a, the, the communist revolution in 1917, 1918, right, 1919. All the religious rabbis left Russia. They saw it's a place that goes like be a going to be, religion will be outlawed, and they saw where it's going, they left Russia. The previous rabbi said, what do you mean you leave Russia? The rabbis will leave Russia, who will stay, the rest of the Jews? Who is going to be here? Nobody. He didn't leave Russia. He stayed and he created an underground system, a network of yeshivas and schools and chador and moyers and shoychet and synagogues and everything. In 1927, they arrested him and they gave him a death sentence, the, the communists. And by international pressure, he was released from jail. But then the, the guy in, in St. Petersburg, the head of the KGB in St. Petersburg said, I will put him back in jail. And my dead body is not going to be free. That they saw that he cannot stay anymore. There was more international pressure and he had to leave. But he didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay with his people. And forever, and he was out of Russia, he was always mourning, I mean, being upset about the idea that he cannot be with his Hasidim in Russia. And his whole life was dedicated outside of Russia to help the Jews in Russia. Fundraising in Europe, in America, going, coming, everything. He came in 1929, in 1930, he was nine months in America to fundraise for the Jews in Russia. He met with the President of the United States. He couldn't speak one word in, in English. He had a private audience with the President of the United States in 1930. Who was the President then? No, 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 1930. Oh, Eisenhower. Is that no, yeah. somebody else. Call, a strange Hoover? name. Hoover? Hoover? I think Hoover, I think Hoover. Maybe. But somebody there. It was some, not a famous name. He was the president. In, in the other, what I mean to say is, and that's what he learned from the story of, the, of, of, uh, of uh, Moses not eating the rock. Why God? It wasn't a punishment that God gave him. You understand? God didn't punish Moses. That was Moses' wishes. To, ultimately, that's his true wish, to stay with his people. Because a true leader wants to stay with his people. He felt that if he will go into the end of the city, maybe God will forgive this generation, they will enter with them. But ultimately, the wish of a true leader is to be with his people. Who also was buried not in the right place just to help the Jewish people? Oh, 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 Rachel. Rachel. Rachel was buried, Jacob buried Rachel in the middle of nowhere. Right? In Bethlehem, a place. 
not far from Hebron, from the cave of Machpelah. And in the cave of Machpelah was, I would say, 20 minute drive, two hours right on a horse. Not far. Then before he dies, he calls his son Joseph and he tells him, my dear son Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, I want you to swear to me to take me to the land of from Egypt, all the way to Israel. But Yosef asked without asking. <laughs> and my mother, Rabbi, my dear father, what happened to my mother 20 minutes away from Cave of Machpelah? Why my mother not? You, you want me to take you all the way from Egypt? And my mother, you buried her in the middle of nowhere, not even in a cemetery? Then Jacob kind of apologized. He told him, I did it because I had a message from God to do it, to bury in the middle of the road, in the middle of nowhere. For what? For many generations later, when the Jewish people will go out, will be exiled from Israel. By the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar was the head of the army who actually exiled the Jews. Nebuchadnezzar was the prime, the, the, the king, and Nebuchadnezzar was the head of the army. And he gathered, he stepped the Jews out of Israel as captives, as slaves. Then they passed by the graveside of Rachel. And the prophet Jeremiah puts it in amazing word. A voice was heard in Ramah. We recite this story on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the after of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And we recited in the prayers quite a few times that Rachel came out from the grave, the, the, the children of Israel stopped by the Rachel's, Rachel's tomb and cried out, our mother Rachel help us. And she got out of her grave and she prayed to God and said, she cried for the people and God promised her that one day he will bring the children back to the land. Then to the, that for the sake of children, 2,000 years later, she was ready to be buried outside of her place. Not, not with her husband, not with the rest of the family. Abraham and Sarah are buried in the cave of Machpelah. Reb Isaac and Rebecca are buried in the cave of Machpelah. Jacob and Leah are buried in the cave of Machpelah. The only one who is out is Rachel. Because she wanted, actually, because she knew she, she was, she's happy until today that she was there to get from God the promise that he will bring the Jewish people back. For exile, Jews. The Jews who were in exile. And that was voted for her to be out, outside. She's the only person beside Elijah who is mentioned in the Bible after he died. Usually in the Bible, you read about Abraham, Abraham died, don't, shine, no more. Isaac, no more stories about Isaac after he died, or about Jacob after. The only per person who is mentioned is our mother Rachel. In the middle of Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah lived literally probably a, yeah. thousand, thousand years later. More than a thousand years later. Yeah, he lived 1,500 years later, something days later, a long time later. Suddenly, a, a voice in Ramah is heard, Rachel, what Rachel is coming in the middle of Jeremiah? We talk about Jeremiah, about the Jews, about exile, about destruction of the temple, that the Jews don't behave. The kings who were not good. Who was the king at the time? I think he had four kings over his period of time. Zedekiah was the last one, I think. Yeah. The one immediately before that, I can't remember. Zedekiah's blinded, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But before, the first I think he was four kings. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Zedekiah was exiled. No, it was before, uh, it was after Hezekiah. Yo, Yochim. Uh, yeah, I think. Yo, Yochim was exiled. Mm -hmm. 
all of this teaches us that a, a leader, and it's true really about every one of us, you don't run away from the ship. It means to say like this, what does this mean in our life? I want to be more righteous. I'll go to another class. I will go to another, to another more prayers. But my family is left behind. Now I have two choices to stay with my family even if I deny dinner. I run to show. If I run to show, there is no Friday night and there is no dinner, there is no nothing. But I am righteous. I went to show. But if I stay back, there will be prayers, there will be lighting candles, there will be a Jewish table, there will be something Jewish. You will, you will keep it together. The answer is you have to sacrifice on your own spirituality for the sake of your family. A person is not enough. And if, if, if Moses would enter the land of Israel, God would tell him, Oh, Shalom Aleichem, Moshe, where are your people? Oh, my people, they left behind. That's the end of a face he has. If, if, if the people are left behind. That's why Hashem wants, and that's the lesson to us. You know, we are compared, and your, your, uh, an eagle carries his babies, uh, a bird carries his babies on, on, his, on his wings. You cannot fly by yourself. I'll ask you, where are you? Where are the babies? Where is the rest of the family? We are, we are, every one of us is a leader of his own family. And if you're a leader and you're left behind, you jumped out of the boat and you're running to do mitzvahs and <laughs> you look back for a minute. Where are they? That's the number one responsibility. Then we have a responsibility for our community. Many people run around to do mitzvahs. They go to do mitzvahs in Israel, in here and there, they're saving the world. Judaism says your first responsibility is for your own community. Therefore, for example, charity, you have to give your aniyeh, how could be the poor people in your community. I'm going to save the world from hunger. How about before you save the world from hunger, save your neighbor? Then the point is it starts from the nucleus yourself, then your family, then your, your cousins, then your second cousins, then your neighbors, the, your own city, your own place. If you will have a strong place to begin with, Rabbi once told about somebody, he wanted to save the world. Rabbi told him, who, gave, who made you to be such a person that you saved the world? Who raised you to be such a person? To this community, you have to give back first. Then you go to the rest. Saving the people who didn't help you. First of all, you have to make sure that what, what happened to you will continue to happen. Then you go all, all over. That's the lesson from today's class. Thank you.